Hello and welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. I'm Sabrina Merchant, joined by Anthony Irwin, and this is I Love Basketball, where the Lakers have just defeated the Miami Heat 120 to 117. And Anthony, the question on everyone's minds, I'm assuming, is would you rather have DeAndre Jordan or Udonis Haslam? <laughs> you know, usually I'm prepared for some of the like the ways that, like you'll intro the show. I was not ready for that one. he got in the game and he has such like why the hell am i in this thing Mm -hmm. face like just resting i want to be resting face yeah (laughs) and then you know you would anticipate that from udonis haslam he's the 15th man on every team that he's going to be on he's 40 Mm -hmm. years old he's he's not a you know the only reason he's an nba player is because of heat culture and all of that stuff and then you look at the Lakers starting center <laughs> and he has a similar approach to basketball as, as Udonis Haslam does. Well, I mean, as much as I would love to just go on and on about this particular topic, uh, this was probably the most fun I've had watching the Lakers all year. And yeah, I had this thought even during the fourth quarter when it seemed like they might lose, you know, they fall down by as many as nine. And I thought, you know, I'm still very happy with the way the Lakers have played today. The effort Mm -hmm. that they came out with, it's really impressive. Nice performances from Ellington, from Monk. Like AD, I think, was at his best defensively uh, in terms of this regular season. Uh, But then they won, which makes it just even better. (laughs) Well, it's funny. Like we're we're doing, we're recording right now the I Love Basketball podcast. And I actually love basketball. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I finally did it, guys. I made Anthony love basketball. it was it was it was a delightful game like it started super ugly right it was it was like a two to one for roughly half an hour you know Um, frankly that suits us better than an an offensive (laughs) showdown (laughs) for sure and then like you know both teams started shooting a little better you know they started hitting uh their open three-pointers and they started actually getting open three-pointers um and and uh, it's a bummer that jimmy butler wasn't able to finish the game but then you look at it and you're like, well, the Lakers injured list is that is, is, you know, Santa Claus is not your nice list, right? It's, it's, it was just <laughs> insane how many people are, are currently banged up on, on the Lakers. And so to be able to beat a Miami heat team, that was, so they, they got their butts kicked by uh, Denver the other night. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that have had, like some of the better wins across the league to this point mm-hmm. and, and being able to take care of business shorthanded against that team a- against an angry version of that team in overtime, despite like having to come back in the fourth quarter from nine, like we're probably going to look back on this game right now as one of the better wins that the Lakers get all year. Right. I mean, I think Miami was seven and one at one point this season, at least seven and two, you know, they've, been playing really well this is the third best offense in the league coming into this game the Lakers have struggled a bit defensively right this is not the same type of Lakers defense that we've seen in 1920 or even 2021 and when you look at like you said that not your nice list of the Lakers like let's just throw out some names Ron James Taylor Horton Tucker Kendrick Nunn Trevor Ariza Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves Rajon Rondo all unavailable the Lakers backup point guard was Malik Monk today um, yeah he I think played really well Right. Played really well. Um, but, you know, Anthony Davis had to do a lot of self-creation. We saw some of those familiar 
2019-20 situations where Anthony Davis doesn't know how to read a double coming in the post and uh, a lot of turnovers as a result of that. But I mean, one of my favorite stats from this game was that the Lakers shot 13 of 21 um, at the paint, like at the hoop, <laughs> but then somehow made 18 of 38 from three point line. <laughs> so, <laughs> like this is, this is what the Lakers have turned into. Uh, but I mean, I think where I want to start with is Anthony Davis because uh, he yeah. gets all of the, I think, you know, Harrison wrote a really nice piece about this on Silver Screen Roll about how he wants to sort of reclaim his image as a guy who is soft and like falls down all the time and like Anthony Data Davis. Right. And, you know, he, he plays the Charlotte game after like having what seems like a pretty unfortunate stomach flu. Um, he yeah. still, you know, lugs it out through overtime in this game. Right. There's, there's like no one to get him the ball, right? His, his security blanket, Rajon Rondo, is not there. Russell Westbrook, uh, I think, hit Anthony Davis in the head more often than he hit him in the hands in the first part of the game. Uh, but defensively, I was so impressed with AD. This is, this is the defensive player of the year level that he hit in that championship season. And maybe it was playing against the Heat, you know, where he had his crowning achievement as an NBA player that like sort of brought this out into him, or it was just all of the absences that Lakers were dealing with. But he was phenomenal. Like, not enough yeah. can be said about how he was just rotating all over the floor. He was protecting the rim. I mean, like the, the worst thing he might've done was just like accidentally tip in a couple of <laughs> defensive rebounds for the heat. Like I think PJ Tucker might've gotten credit for one. I'm pretty sure it was Anthony Davis, but he was just tremendous. Uh, it's been so long since we've seen him at this particular peak defensively. And to know that he still has it in him, even when he's surrounded by Malik Monk and Wayne Ellington and Russell Westbrook on the perimeter, like, he had to pull out all of the stops for the Lakers to be competitive. And he was absolutely what they needed him to be. Yeah. I, he had a play and like Heat fans were angry. Um, they, they, they considered it a foul. So like Bam got the ball in the post rotated over and 80 very like nonchalantly just, you know, knocked the ball away mm -hmm. and Heat fans are like, Oh my God, he got him on the wrist. For me, what I what I gauge like what should or should not one of my gauges is whether the person who got fouled reacts as if they got yeah. fouled and Bam like just kind of like wandered back on defense, you know, because like in the post, that's just part of basketball down there, you know, mm -hmm. and and but he did it so nonchalantly and, you know, kind of looked at the looked at the bench and he he had like a swag like to, to quote Frank Vogel, he had a swag about the way he was playing <laughs> defense. It was just it was just you know, people, he kept getting tried. Um, like, honestly, this was the closest we have gotten to the Lakers old identity of beat the crap out of people defensively, get out in transition and then, and then execute as, as well as you have to, to win a basketball game. Like that's, that's what won them a championship. And by the way, if Frank is able to get the, like garner that identity out of this collection of Lakers, <laughs> He needs a lifetime extension. He needs the Coach K contract. Like he needs, he needs his his name written on the floor. Like he needs to be a Lakers coach forever. But but yeah, I I, I I'm glad that we started with AD here because um, he can be so maddening. And one thing that Harrison does a very good job of calling me on is like not holding how talented Anthony Davis is against him, right? And I think it, it can sometimes get him in trouble. I was texting with um, George Sedano over the game and he was like, you know, oh man, what the, what Miami is doing to AD is masterful. And I'm like, yeah, but he made a three 
and now he thinks he's a shooter. And so, like, he's so talented that he can convince himself he's this player that he isn't necessarily. But then when he realizes or when he when he's reminded, hey, you are paid to be special on the defensive end of the court. And then on the other end of the court, you need to catch the ball moving to the to the towards the basket. And when he does that, and when he when he focuses on those things, he is arguably the best player in the NBA. Like I I I I I swear to goodness, I honestly feel this way where Anthony Davis playing without LeBron James playing against a Miami Heat team that was solely focused on keeping him out of the key. They weren't able to do that in important moments here. And that's the Anthony Davis that I've been begging to watch is this guy who is a world beater on one end of the court and is also capable, so long as he's being smart, of being a world beater on the other end of the court. There's just like nobody in terms of two-way impact. It's like Giannis and him, and that's it. Yeah, and like you're going to look at his plus minus and see that he was minus four, and I think a lot of that was just, again, he was playing minutes with a backup point guard of Malik Monk, and you know Malik was great, but Mm -hmm. not a point guard for those stretches. Like It was the one game where I was like, oh, you could just tell while you're watching, like, oh, Russ is going to have a great plus minus today because there's nobody at his position to back him up. All of the combo guards that the Lakers <laughs> signed were unavailable today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, the one play that just really stood out to me for Anthony Davis, uh, in addition to all of, like, the defensive just delightfulness, was that that lob that Russell Westbrook threw to him at the end of regulation was at the end of near the end, near the end of regulation where, like, it looked like it was way too far. And oh my he God. still catches it and finishes yeah. it. And it was just... Nobody should be able to finish that play. Like that should be a turnover yeah. immediately. While and Lowry is like shoving him out of bounds. Exactly. The fact that he caught that and Which, by the it. way, they need to call that shit. Like yeah. they like the NBA needs to do a better job of like there are guards undercutting Giannis constantly. Mm-hmm. They're undercutting AD constantly. Like it is legitimately dangerous. And mm-hmm. some of the biggest names in your sport are catching some of those plays. And also on top of that, they're the most exciting play in basketball mm-hmm. is the alley-oop. Like you really, it's the alley-oop and the fast break. And the NBA needs to do a better job of really coming down hard on players who are trying to take those plays out of the sport. Sorry. It, it, no, that no, play I'm was seriously uh, dangerous. I, I don't have the same ire for like the Euro foul or the take foul that everybody else seems to because most of those plays are pretty pretty safe, right? Like you hug a guy like, yeah, it takes away an exciting moment potentially on a fast break, but they don't seem like particularly dangerous fouls to me. The ones in the air, like yeah, guys are just laying out. And the fact that it's not even a shooting foul drives me nuts. Like, why is a guy going up there to catch a lob? Is it, is it to pass out of it? Like it's a shooting. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, it's also, it incentivizes the guard to really go up and hammer somebody who's up in the air. Like it's just that, that rule and the approach to that rule, the execution of that rule really needs to be revisited because uh, like it, anytime somebody is up in the air, uh, that's when they're the, the absolute most vulnerable. And it's yeah. funny because like this is something that the, N- the NFL has really figured out and the NBA somehow is behind <laughs> the NFL on figuring out like when a player is or is not at their most vulnerable. Yeah, but anyway, um, AD managed to despite all of the uh, the shoves against him. Uh, there, there was one play I really thought Lowry was like acting like a lead blocker, like on him, like the way he pushed AD out of the way. But 
Uh, he played 44 and a half minutes. He had all of those ridiculous offensive defensive highlights. Uh, I'm thinking now of another play where he like intercepts a pass uh, that Tyler hero was thrown to the corner and like still manages to save it and stay in bounds. Uh, so the Lakers can maintain possession, just an incredible performance from Anthony Davis is best of the season. Uh, one of the best we've seen from him in a very, very long time. And his running mate on the evening, I, I want to say it was Malik Monk. Russell Westbrook was great too, but I want to talk about Monk just a little yeah. bit because uh, I, I saw this pointed out by Darius Soriano on Twitter tonight where, you know, Monk's minutes have not exactly been guaranteed, right? Like if mm-hmm. he is not playing well, if he's not defending appropriately, then Frank Vogel will take him out because there are a lot of guards able to fill in for him. Um, that was not the case tonight, right? There was nobody available if Malik Monk wasn't good, like he no. had to play. And whether it was that, comfort that you know made him just more at ease today or whether it was the fact that he was playing against Miami Heat who apparently he holds his three highest scoring performances ever against uh (laughs) this was you know this was the reason why like Anthony Davis says things like we can't believe why we got how we got Malik Monk for the minimum like this was the game that makes you realize oh shit like he was a lottery pick four years ago um he was taken above Donovan Mitchell you know (laughs) like he's yeah uh, he was a one and done out of Kentucky like that. That's a little bit of a pedigree in and of itself. The shots that he was making, like the, the playmaking that he was doing, not necessarily like creating for others, but creating his own shot, just really special stuff from Malik. Like they're the Lakers didn't have guards on their roster who could create shots for themselves. Like Malik Monk did this year. Who on the Lakers roster? It's like mellow mm-hmm. LeBron. And maybe AD, depending on like his approach. I mean, to Russ game. can create his own shots, just like know, the well, level of, yeah. I, I mean, like in terms of guys who can go 10 of 13 from the field, you know, like there are not very many people on this roster who can, who can legitimately do that. And, and uh, you know, some of the shots that he was making were insane. That runner that he made oh my when, God. <laughs> when the, when the shot clock was running out, he had a couple plays tonight where, so he had one deep three that mm-hmm. as he shot it, I was like, Ooh, oh, yeah, great shot, you know, <laughs> you know, but all those. the other ones were like, I, I found myself, it was more the, the reaction, um, which you guys can find, by the way, I, you know, on, on, uh, I think it's on our YouTube page now. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the, all of the pressure cooker is just like out there in video form, but like most of the plays that he was making, I was more frustrated at like, the situation getting to a point where Monk now has to go out and, you know, create a shot for himself. And then he did, you know, (laughs) he had the, he had the one step back three pointer. He had that floater that he made as the, as the shot clock was expiring. It was a special game from him. And, and, and by the way, like, you know, as guys are getting healthy and as Taylor Horton Tucker is getting back, like what you're going to start looking for with the guard rotation with the Lakers is, skill sets that separate themselves from the rest of the pack. Mm-hmm. Right. So Taylor Horton Tucker is the only six, four ish person that the Lakers have on their team who is capable of sliding down and playing small forward. Mm-hmm. And that's something he's that's going to that be really one wingspan too. Yeah. Yeah, and, he's, and he's like thicker and he's harder mm-hmm. to move. Um, and so that's going to be something that like gets him in and keeps him in the rotation, even when his offense is coming and going. Um, Monk's ability to shoot in, in that group of like combo guards that the Lakers have, 
even including Russ, even including Rondo, even including like basically any of the Lakers guards there, Monk is the person who is most capable of getting the most hot. It's him and Ellington and Ellington can't create his own shot. And so in a game like this, having somebody like Monk who can go out and create his own shot and then also not be a complete tire fire when it comes to just like setting up an offense, that's extremely valuable. And that's why it was so such a bummer earlier in the season when he was kind of falling off of a cliff compared to like (laughs) compared to the uh, the preseason basketball he was playing Mm -hmm. when 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 in the preseason, we saw a lot of what we saw tonight. And then tonight that we saw it in a game that the Lakers kind of sort of had to have like it. you, You don't get very many opportunities to beat this heat team in that kind of circumstance with LeBron out. Mm-hmm. Like you got to win that kind of a game if you're given that opportunity. And, and, and Monk is a big reason why they were able to. Yeah. He just did smart things on offense, right? Like he relocated for threes. He had this one really good transition finish uh, that Russ found him. He was just being smart, like attacking Tyler hero over and over again, you know, like put Tyler hero on a screen and roll and he's not going to be the best choice to defend you. Um, yeah. He hits like one of the biggest shots of the game when the Lakers are down seven and he hits that deep three from the wing um, to get them within four, forcing, you know, Miami to call timeout. Obviously you mentioned the runner, like, and then he had just like a really nice defensive play on uh, Tyler hero late in the game where yeah, he the challenged at the rim, the challenge, right? Yeah. Um, it's the kind of thing that like he, he was on balance. Um, he like had his hand up on the contest, like, you know, didn't reach or anything. And like I was watching the play and I'm thinking, Oh, that was Avery Bradley, like nice defensive play on Tyler hero. And it's like, no, wait, like, that was number 11. That was really funk. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And he hasn't been doing that this season. That's why Frank Vogel hasn't been playing him. But I mean, if he can hold up defensively, like we're not talking about world beating stuff here. He just needs to like yeah. not get back cut relentlessly. Like the Lakers were at the start of the first, at the start of the third quarter. Um, and, you know, just, play positionally sound. I mean, obviously the Lakers are not going to get whatever 27 points out of Malik Monk on a regular basis. Like this is not a, but he's also not going to play 35 minutes. Exactly. You know? <laughs> um, but it, it was nice to see just him getting to show what he is capable of, right? Like he hasn't had the opportunity to do a whole lot outside of the preseason um, and to be able to do it on like a big stage, right? National TV game, you know, LeBron's out, the Lakers yeah. actually need you to play well, to win. That's the new really episode of the him. pressure cooker, like <laughs> the new episode of the pressure cooker. I know I'm sitting here thinking, like, oh god, it already went to nine points. Like, we haven't even got to the five minute mark. Is Anthony gonna have anything to talk? I was about? so pissed. I was so freaking angry. <laughs> like, this has been such a good game so far for them to blow the whole it right time. Now. <laughs> it was close the whole game. It was back and forth, and all these lead changes and all this stuff. I'm getting it's like. I actually went early because I wanted to, you know, I, I technically started at like five minutes and 40 seconds or so. Cause I was just like, it's gotta be close at some point while I'm talking about the <laughs> stupid game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there no, it was 33 lead changes in this game. Like, it was incredible. It was a, a really, game. really fun game. Yeah. It's going to, it's, it's going to like, it's, you know, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be regular season games that feature more star power, right? Like that, mm. that, stars actually playing or whatever but in terms of just like the basketball and it just from an entertainment standpoint it's going to be tough to beat this one it, it, it really yeah. is like it, it, especially uh because like one of one of my favorite things about sports is like you do have these unsung heroes guys that you wouldn't have uh penciled into a hero type role in mm-hmm. this one 
and and Monk is one of those guys, you know. And 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 I thought, you know, uh, Wayne Ellington comes in. Yeah, he's a minus fifteen. He was a disaster defensively, but it he also felt better time, than that when he was in the game. I got to be honest, the minus well, fifteen kind of surprised me when I saw it. Well, because like every time he touched the ball anywhere near the three point line, you're like, oh yeah, that's that's, that's going in, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, how long has it been since the Lakers had multiple guys like that where? Monk was like that tonight and Carmelo feels like every time feels like that tonight, notwithstanding, he was one of five from three point range, but every time he catches the ball at the three point line, you're just like the entire Staples center arena is saying, shoot it, shoot it, yeah. you know? And like, it, it's been a really long time. And that's where, you know, one of the top questions heading into the season is because of this roster format, the way it's put together, it's going to be very difficult for, for Frank to be able to get them back to the type of identity that, that won the Lakers a championship two seasons ago. It's going to be really, really difficult, even when everybody is healthy. Um, it's always, it was always going to be a balance of like, this is more offensive firepower in terms of like guys who fit roles, who help other guys be good um, than, than the Lakers have had. It's also a way bigger disaster defensively than it's ever been. And so like watching Frank and the Lakers find the balance of the identity that he is comfortable with. And also the identity that this team is more built towards. Like that was always the thing I was the most interested in. I think tonight was the closest they have come to that balance of finding playing enough defense and executing enough on offense and getting out in transition. Like it was, it was, it was, it was an all around. I'm really going to enjoy. I, I've, I'm, I can't wait to rewatch this. I, I, I legitimately yeah. cannot wait to like sit down and pay more close attention to the things that other guys were doing when they didn't necessarily have the ball. Yeah. And I do feel like we should show some love to Russell Westbrook um, for <laughs> this performance. Um, I have been, yeah. uh, I have been down on the Russell Westbrook experience thus far. <laughs> like, let's, let's be clear. Uh, this was a lot of fun watching Russ today. Uh, his, yeah. he's just everywhere all the time, like in places you don't want him to be in places you want him to be like, just the outcome of any Russell Westbrook possession feels like it could go in a million different directions. Yeah. Uh, he does have the eight turnovers, right? But he, you know, finishes with 25 points, 14 assists. Uh, oh, he had a triple-double. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Uh, but the chemistry finally started to seem a little bit more natural between him and AD today. Uh, that has been a bit of a point of tension, you know, over the first 10 games or so. And, you know, it's obviously not helped by the fact that, like, Rondo and AD get along so swimmingly. And, like, that just works yeah. out perfectly without them even having to try this was the first game where it felt like Russell Westbrook and Andy Davis were actually playing the same game. Um, yeah. And yeah, like there were <laughs> yeah. some awkward entry passes. They were like, feeding off of each other. Like, yeah, they were minus um, the concussion that Russ gave him. Minus but... the concussion. <laughs> he, he had decided to throw the pass before Davis like slipped. And then where he wanted to throw the pass was like, just the angle was bad. Um, but well, it yeah. wasn't to Davis. Like if you go back and watch it, uh, Ellington was going back door there. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, that's why he threw it so hard. <laughs> like, I, I, I want to give Russ a little bit more credit yeah. than to think he's going to fire a fastball <laughs> from like me to my door. <laughs> 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 I, 
but no, yeah, it no, was I, just because Davis slipped and like got in the way of the pass. Like that's what happened. Right, right, but, right. But like people, people on like Twitter and people were like reacting to it as if like that was the pass he was meaning to throw to Davis. I'm like, it was guys. just a really funny line because Mike Bream at that moment is extolling all of Russell Westbrook's historical oh, accomplishments, right? Like the first team all NBA is the MVP. The we, first one all of range is doinks. <laughs> yeah. This guy, this guy is going to be a hall of famer. He's one of the most prolific point guards in the history of this point. Boom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he was a big part of that run at the end of the game, right? He hits a couple of mid range jumpers, which is what he's supposed to do. Yeah. Um, but they started Say what you with, want like, about the last the possession, basket. you know, they, I, I they, don't they, particularly they... care. Well, so like, I'm glad that you bring up the last possession because what I didn't like about the last possession was that he never really made a move towards the basket, mm-hmm. right? Like it was just kind of float around, float around, float around, float around, has he pull up jumper and, and like, that's not his shot. Like that's, I know, that's but not... how often do end of game situations just become that, right? Like that's not. That's more of just like yeah. a bug of the hero ball culture, you know, of last game of shots. Yeah. And, and, and he is, he is very much kind of the poster boy, the current poster boy for, for hero ball. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but still like, you know, you mentioned the mid range jumpers that he made when he kind of single-handedly went on a run, right? right to, that little to... like turnaround post that he had over Tyler yeah. Hero, that was, that was beautiful. But it was, it was, it was starting towards the basket mm-hmm. and then being cut off encountering, right? Getting yourself into some type of athletic rhythm and then mm-hmm. taking the shot, which is closer. Like that's, that's a good basketball move. That's how basketball should be played. And, and what kind of annoys me sometimes watching him play is, it's just, you know, with this pull-up bank shots and then with this pull-up mid-range shots where it's just like dribble, 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 dribble. Oh, my God, he's five feet off of me. Has he jumper, right? And mm-hmm. and it's just like, it, that's just not, it's not his game. It's never been his game. It will never be his game. And And while I know that, like, this is just a part of the Russell Westbrook experience, you still have to point out, like, those aren't great shots. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, 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 like, you mentioned earlier uh, the the Russell uh, the Russell Wilson Russell Wilson experience is one thing also, but like the uh, the Russell Westbrook experience. I am the father of a two year old daughter, and I'm not calling Russ a child or anything like that. I know he takes great issue with that for like you know you don't want to be a call, called a child in any circumstance, but like Russell Wilson <laughs> Russell Westbrook. <laughs> on a basketball court reminds me a lot of watching Avery where if it's been quiet for just long enough, you think to yourself, Hmm, where is she? Is her head stuck in something? (laughs) Yeah. Like what is going on? You know? And and in the case of like Avery, I will say, you know, I'll call out Avery, where are you? (laughs) Avery. And she's like holding, you know, my phone or like a PlayStation controller. And she's like, Dada! you know, and I'm like, <laughs> all right, you know, it was my bad for letting it get to that point. Let's mm-hmm. let's get you off of the chandelier. And and like with with Russ, it's the same kind of thing where uh, <laughs> Russ, where are you? Where have you been? Oh, there's a the turnover. That's where you've been. You know? <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, or or like in the good cases where it's like Russ, where have you been? Five zero run just by just Russ by himself, you know. Mm-hmm. And and like the more that I the more that I just kind of sink into the Russ experience, the easier it becomes. Like I, I predict, you know, everybody watching that the 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 last possession of regulation today knew what was coming. Everybody was begging for it not to happen, but we are now accustomed to the Russ experience to the point where like. Don't do it. Don't do. Okay. Yep. You did it. You did. You took the three pointer with no step towards the basket. And, and, you know, I think for the Lakers asking him to find that balance, I think is kind of not going to happen. It's just, I think it's asking too much. Uh, So the Lakers, what they have to find uh, in their own right and on their own terms is all right. How can we, how can we more, fully benefit from the Russell Westbrook experience than his prior teams that have all fallen short. And I thought this was the closest that the Lakers have gotten all season um, to like Russell Westbrook and Lakers existing together. Right. Like the fact that like he and Anthony Davis seemed on the same page was the clearest indicator of the fact that like, Oh, he's, he's fitting in too, not just fitting out. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like LeBron, I disagree. Like LeBron, (laughs) He, he he needs to fit. <laughs> it matters. I mean, I've you know? I've seen LeBron take a fair number of just step back to the left at the end of the game without attempting to go to the basket. So I yeah, I don't really blame Russell at all for going in that direction at the end of the game. Yeah. And like I said on the Slack, Ron's also a better shooter, but yeah. The Lakers uh managed to give Charlotte the ball back with time on the clock in a similar situation in their last game. <laughs> Using all of the clock is a win. I'm here for that. <laughs> it'll it'll get better next time. You know, just incremental steps of progress for the Lakers. On on the uh, on the pressure cooker today, somebody said something. You know, one of the comments was like, "He's not beating us like Russ <laughs> in the fourth quarter. He's not beating us. He's helping us win. Like that's the bar right now. Is like just don't beat, don't beat us. Um, the other thing too, like you mentioned the AD thing, and I think this is. Like one of my favorite aspects of sports are like these little moments that feel like you don't necessarily look at them at the end of the season and, and remember them verbatim or, or exactly all the context that goes into it. But Russ had that, he was at kind of the left elbow AD roll to the right side of the rim. Russ throws that lob to him, right? Mm-hmm. AD finishes it, gets fouled and the two of them meet under the basket and they're both kind of like screaming at each other. And it like right there, it really like it, it's just this like stupid little moment where two grown men are screaming at a sphere going through a cylinder. And 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 it makes total sense. It, it like it, it felt like this unleashing of like, this is what we've been waiting for. Like, this is mm-hmm. what we've been. This is what we've been trying for this whole freaking time. And to see it actually come to fruition against a good defensive Miami team mm-hmm. like that. I, it just, it just, it felt like a moment that was bigger than just the end one that, that they had just accomplished. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate to like get super hyperbolic after one win that puts the Lakers at what, like seven and five, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's early in the season. Right. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's just fun to watch them play well. Right. It's fun to yeah. see them. Well, you have to know progress. Yeah. Exactly. Like you, you, you have to like it, it's just like with with everything that you're doing. You have to be able to like, hey, 
this is a cool moment. Mm-hmm. Let's enjoy this cool moment. Right. And and like sure, the Lakers might shall help given the, the way that the season has gone, they're probably gonna suck next game. But <laughs> we'll still have tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we have this Malik Monk moment. We have Bam Adebayo getting to pick up 10 fouls in a regular season game. That's a huge moment for the Miami Heat. We've got Dwight Howard fouling out just in 11 minutes, but still like having a remarkably productive 11 minutes, like just setting really yeah. good screens to free Malik Monk. I thought that was a big That's part fine. of getting Monk free. Um, Mello, despite only making one three, like is being defended as if he has gravity at the three point line. And that just opens things up for everybody else. Uh, and then all of the like F out of here rebound moments. Uh, the funniest <laughs> thing is so I'm, I'm watching and like, I hadn't been paying attention during uh, the commercial break in the first quarter. So I hadn't seen Mello come in and then he, like the, the first defensive play happens and I just hear it. And I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> he must have come in. <laughs> yeah. He's he had the 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 five second count, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that was like, you know, could have been a backbreaker, could have, you know, could have let Miami back into it. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool and honestly perfectly indicative of the year that he's had at Staples Center that after that giant gaff right Right. like that is not a mistake that a what is he like a 17 year 18 year same 19 but he took like basically the year off right so so 18 oh okay i I think he still like was part of both of the regular seasons yeah so yeah so either way so 19 year veteran Mm -hmm. you can't get a five second count when you know you have a timeout in your back pocket you just can't do that but because he's carmelo anthony and because it's carmelo anthony playing at staples center Guess who grabs the the rebound on the, on the other end of the court and tells everybody FOH like it's just yeah. so perfect. It's amazing. And then you know just to, to then give, the like another assist to the TV guys, right? Misses the free throw, so that Miami still has a chance to tie the game at the end. Yeah, like I don't remember it being the case last year where like everybody is watching the Lakers at the end of these games, right? Yeah, uh, there's. They are just an insanely addictive entertainment product. Like everybody wants to see how it's going to happen. Well, they also like refuse to make anything easy. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> like the, how many they, times did they have the ball up five with the chance to go up seven? And it was just like, nope, turnover. Like, I'm just gonna right, throw right. it away to the nearest heat player. <laughs> like, Russell <laughs> drives to the basket and like kick yeah. out right to Tyler Hero. <laughs> For no reason. It was just, you know, they were in like semi-transition. Could have pulled the ball back. No, no. Monk is going to I mean, turn like the even throw it out of bounds. It's not like a dead ball turnover. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I, I think, I think the Lakers uh, this season, it, they're, they're this interesting spot where I think given some of the names, like I think, I think by and large, most NBA fans are pulling for Carmelo Anthony to win a championship. And I think by and large, I think a lower percentage, but most NBA fans are rooting for, for Russell Westbrook to win a championship. And, and you see all these, it's like this weird experiment, weird, like Frankenstein roster where uh, the Lakers had a specific need and they got players who only fit that need. Right. right? And it's just like this, it's, it's such a weird roster, the way that it's kind of put together that way. I think people, and because it's the Lakers, like, you know, they're, they're, mm-hmm. I think this year, by the end of the season, they'll have been on national TV 52 times. 
uh, of their 82 games. So, you know, you add all of that stuff and, and yeah, like people are really going to be being, and there are a whole bunch of fan bases out there whose childhoods that the Lakers have ruined. And so the, you're a Duke fan. Like you went to Duke, you know, <laughs> like you, you're used to this experience. I have rooted for a lot of Goliaths in my life. I got to tell you. Yeah, right. I'm going to find out you're a Yankees fan <laughs> and <laughs> I can't even say the Cowboys. You're a Pat, a Pats fan or something like that. Or you're just going to say like you're a big Tom Brady fan. But like, I, I think here with the Lakers, you know, this is what makes their game so much like there's, there's more, there's greater stakes involved with your average Wednesday night game with the Lakers than there are your typical like Charlotte Hornets game. Because if the Lakers lose and had they lost this one, given the number of free throws that Miami was missing and, mm-hmm. and given everything that was going on, they would have been roasted and tomorrow on first take and, and on every major TV show out there, it'd have been like, what should we worry about the Lakers? Are there, is their season over? What is going on? And, 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 you know, it, it can get, it can uh, produce a headache. It can produce mm-hmm. migraines, but it can also like, it makes the game tonight a little, that much more fun. Right. And I think because, every game gets magnified for the Lakers. Like they, they respond with effort more often than not. Like, mm-hmm. I think games like the one against Portland um, were, you know, even that is a bit of an outlier because LeBron didn't play and Anthony Davis had to come out after like seven minutes or something like uh, they more often than not, they show up and they may like not execute to the best of their ability. I get that, but like they played really hard today. Um, and yes. <laughs> They Absolutely. overshot so many of those threes. They banked a few of them in <laughs> just so much effort put into those shots. <laughs> One of my favorite, like when I was growing up watching uh, basketball with my dad, mm-hmm. we had, I had this rule of like the bank three. So, you know, I, uh, you know, unofficially, I think teams that bank a three pointer in close games are something like 1000, 25 and two, you know, like, <laughs> like it, 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 and, and the Lakers, uh, it maintained that, that, uh, rate tonight, <laughs> bank like seven, three pointers. It felt like Russ even looked like he tried to bank one. Did you see that one? Yeah. You know, I, I never know. Like, why would you deliberately try to bank three pointer, but, but it, looked- <laughs> it looked purposeful, right? Yeah. And he didn't like, because normally when an NBA player banks a three-pointer, they kind of walk away kind of embarrassed or, you know, a little Russ is never or whatever. embarrassed. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> but Rush was just like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he should be that happy. I mean, this was yeah. this was a really good win. Uh, make like five all year. So it wasn't against Jimmy Butler. Like, they still had Kyle Lowry. They still had Bam Adebayo. They still had Hero and Robinson and... Uh, a PJ Tucker would bounce <laughs> like, whoa, yeah. where did that footbag dunk come from? Yeah. <laughs> Even he was surprised. Yes. He's going to get drug tested tomorrow for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just a, just a fun win. Uh, like I said, even when I thought the Lakers were going to lose in the fourth quarter, I was just really happy with how they had competed. Um, you know, a lot of us had written them off today because of all the absences and I <laughs> Isn't it just the case, like when you think that there's literally no hope, the Lakers pull out arguably their best performance of the season. And it's, I mean, this is why we root for them, right? Like this is the fun part. This is, 
This yeah. is why we love basketball. <laughs> yeah, this is the <laughs> end the show right there. That's it. No more. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you and I have uh, not had the best of times talking about the Lakers over the first couple weeks of this season on the podcast, but I'm very glad that we had this game to sort of reset things, you know, like clear the palette, uh, give us some hope going forward. Avery Bradley hit five threes today. Like, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> we Can start... you imagine where the Lakers would be without Avery Bradley? How the Warriors decided to keep him instead of Gary Payton the second? <laughs> Although maybe the Lakers pick up Gary Payton? No. Because he's been great. He did not play for Frank Vogel. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, it's funny. Like, I told Jen tonight, you know, because uh, she's up north visiting her her uh, her dad. Which, by the way, Roger, happy that you pe- uh, pulled through surgery. And um, she was like, "Hey, isn't tonight you like your your first thing?" And I go, "Yeah, it is." And she goes, "So what are your expectations?" I was like, "It's going to be a stupid game. <laughs> it's going to be a stupid, stupid game." And I'm going to be on camera, and I'm gonna, like, I'm going to do all kinds of things that you, we're going to be able to look back and laugh at, um, one way or the other. And, and like, that's how this is going to play out. And, and so as the Lakers go into overtime, I get a text from Jen cause she's actually awake for the game because she's back two hours earlier mm-hmm. than, than where she is now. She get a text. She's like, of course they go to overtime. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but it was, well, you know, it, was, it was great. Uh, I give you a lot of uh, grief when your predictions are incorrect, but you were right. This was a stupid game at the end. <laughs> yeah yeah and thankfully the lakers came out on the right side of it Uh, i have no idea what this means for them going forward they play minnesota on friday at staples center like rondo might be back reeves might be back who knows what sort of rotations are going to trot out then like personally i would still like to see wayne ellington play like the the things that he can do as a movement shooter are just really interesting to me Um, yeah and i it was really interesting watching him uh, have to guard Duncan Robinson and knowing exactly what Duncan was going to do, even with his random movements, because those are all the sets Wayne created for it. Wayne Ellington. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's a fun time to be a Laker fan. Uh, they're seven and five, which sounds a whole lot better than six and six. And yeah. a winnable game, I would say, coming up on Friday. So hopefully good things to look forward to. <laughs> I love basketball. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you're subscribed to our show on whatever podcast platform you prefer to listen to. Check out the pressure cooker for national TV games for the last five minutes. You can watch with Anthony and you're guaranteed a stupid game if things go according to pattern. And we will be back next week.